The philosopher Goethe says, All truly wise thoughts have been thought already thousands of times, but to make them truly ours, we must think them over again honestly, till they take root in our personal experience. Welcome to Thinking Aloud, where it is my goal to think twice. Hey, welcome back. Good to see you. Glad to have you here. Pull up an AirPod and let's get going. I wanted to give this particular article a little bit of an introduction because I feel as though it is important to communicate a couple of things. One, there are so many different ways that humans interact with each other brilliantly, but it seems like within our civilization, within our Western world, there's only one or two that we deem important, that we deem significant. And those are usually easily quantifiable. You've got the letters behind your name. You've got certificates on your wall. You've got a giant bank account, those different things. And so we put you in a category of successful, intelligent, and then everyone who doesn't meet those requirements is somehow put in a different category. And it can be something that easily leads people to feel less than or insignificant. There's a woman I know who is incredibly kind and insightful. The stuff this woman can see in relationships, in the world around her, the conclusions she draws, the way she pieces information together and then repeats it back to you is is really astounding. But she has a complete phobia of technology. Like, she panics at technology things. It feels very complicated. And there's a lot of reasons for that in her life. But it's not because she lacks the capacity to learn, which I think is a much greater metric of intelligence, is the capacity to learn new things and to be changed by the revelations that you experience. It's not that she lacks the capacity to learn. It's that it is not an intelligence or a form of expression that comes easily to her. I think of another friend of mine who is incredibly compassionate and wise and wonderfully, wonderfully insightful. She has been functioning in some really difficult situations as part of her occupation, as part of her life, and yet she speaks into my life in ways that is absolutely unique, and I've never met anyone else who spoke to me the way that she does. But she would say herself, I'm not as smart as you. And she would speak very deprecatingly of herself because she doesn't see in herself those parameters, those boxes ticked that say, I am a capital S smart person. So I don't want you to hear what I'm saying in this article and put yourself in a box and say, oh, well, I'm this type and that's all I will ever be. Because I think that all of us have parts of these intelligences in us to varying degrees. It's just which ones come more readily and which ones come more naturally. I've known a lot of really smart people in my life. I've known a lot of people that say they're really smart and their lives do not bear the fruit of smartness. The fruit of smartness, that is, that's trademark. Um... I've met people that sound poorly educated, that have colloquialisms, idioms in their 
language that would cause you to disregard them. And yet a richness of understanding of the world, an expression of comprehension of philosophy and literature and poetry, that if you just listened to the way they said something, you would assume they know nothing. And assumptions are a really bad idea, especially when it comes to determining whether or not someone is very smart. So without further ado, Mama, am I smart? I looked over at his little head, studiously bent over coloring pages and homeschool books, and smiled. His chubby hand grasped crayons awkwardly as misshapen letters and numbers floated across the page with very little regard for assigned boxes or numbered lines. Was he smart? What does that even mean? I mean, what a question. But I felt it, because it's a question we feel challenged by on a regular basis. In a digital world where expansive innovation happens minute by minute, it's easy to feel left behind and ignorant if you lose sight of even the smallest details. The education that seemed so all-inclusive way back then has shrunk in relevance to the fluctuation of skills required to not only comprehend where you are in the world, but to function in it as well. I'm not even talking about mastering skills or achievement, just surviving long enough to get to the next leap in technology or society, and hoping we can adapt, expand, achieve, and if all the stars align, maybe even be successful. But what does it mean to be smart? Depends on your source. There are as few as four, in my comprehensive 12 minutes of research, and as many as 19 types of intelligence. And by the time I got to the guy who said there were 19, I figured, now they're just making it up. It's not an exact science, so I'll tell you the ways I see intelligence around me. Full disclosure, I am not an expert. I don't even play one on TV. I am an armchair philosopher with a brain that tends to spin off in odd directions. Here are the five types I see most often. Cunning, adaptive, academic, intuitive, and social. That's just what I see in people around me. These aren't anagrams or a Myers-Briggs rubric, rubric, and I am not giving you a test to find your type. There's no quiz on Facebook to give you these answers. I think we have the capacity to grow in all these areas. True, some come more naturally to us than others, but I believe it very unwise to limit yourself to only the area you find most comfortable and fail to grow in areas you find more challenging. That kind of blindness can be disastrous. And also, as a side note, if someone has to remind you how smart they are by an endless quoting of IQ numbers and test scores, they've already shown they aren't smart enough to keep having a conversation that matters. Sometimes these, quote, misunderstood geniuses, end quote, are misunderstood because they aren't saying anything coherent, not just because no one else is smart enough to understand them. The most easily measured intelligence is, of course, academic. Success is measured reliably with grades, and the one with the capacity for the most right answers, according to this standardized and widely accepted, quote, right answer metric, wins. Academic intelligence manifests often as an aptitude for ingesting information, 
processing it, using that information in ways related to the source material. And without that ability or without easy access to it, you don't test well. Poor testing then puts limits on proving your capacity to incorporate new data into your existing paradigm and repeat it back with understanding. Simply, if you don't ace the test, people think that you have no idea how to apply the information, which isn't always true. Academics are super easy for people who live in this sort of blank slate world where new information just scrolls across their conscious and becomes intrinsic to their perception of the world. And if life was only made of gathering facts, parsing them, and then regurgitating those same facts to the world, rock stars, every single one of them. Skinny jeans and leather jackets cross the board. We all too often have put a high value on people who navigate their way successfully through the halls of academia, and after giving them letters to put after their name and certificates to hang on their walls, we indulge ourselves in a conditioned response to then defer to those letters and certificates as though their studies and achievements have now elevated them beyond flaws and mistakes. I'm not saying that the academics necessarily are guilty of this, but the people who elevate academics as the supreme form of intelligence often do. Now, those who are less academic often see themselves then as having less value, perception, and even a much smaller voice in the world they inhabit, which always makes me both laugh and feel sad when I see wild appeals to authority on social media. Dr. Hujimuflit, PhD, has offered an opinion on name that thing and the crowd goes wild. But then you realize his PhD is in a completely unrelated field, or worse yet, honorary, and he just waxed long and eloquent on the impact of not following some sort of party line on that current crisis, whatever it might be, and then really go buy his book for $24.99 at all available retail outlets, and it's just, it's a circus, it's a sham. There are people who see this for what it is far more readily than others because their intelligence gifts lie in something a little bit different, a type of intelligence that looks a lot like street smart, cunning. Jackie, my Irish-Italian friend from New Jersey, looked over at me one day as I rattled off a bunch of interesting facts relating to the Bible study we were in together, and in her East Coast twang said, Heidi, you're smart, but I'm street smart. I didn't really know what she meant at the time. I'd spent most of my life with my nose in a book, And the value I put on knowing things was perhaps disproportionately directed. But she wasn't wrong. Jackie could read a group dynamic, sell ice to a snowman, and outmaneuver most people in a battle of the wills. She didn't need to know about the rise and fall of Constantinople to recognize authority structures, navigate complicated business deals, and see the emptiness of someone who knows things but has no idea how to live. Being street smart is a magnificent thing to behold. The ease with which my friends who have this sort of intelligence navigate the world is enviable. They are strategic, and they can recognize pitfalls and potholes long before others, and then adjust accordingly. There's no master's degree in knowing how not to get ripped off, but there should be. Closely associated with cunning is intuitive. It's the kind I see known as like the, quote, gut feeling, where you don't really understand what the direction needs to be, but you just know it is or it isn't that way. 
Intuitive intelligence is fascinating because it doesn't seem to require much life experience. It's the toddler who just doesn't like the nursery worker, the teens becoming instant best friends, the job interview that feels wrong the minute you walk in the door, or the way you instantly click with someone at a first meeting. I'm sure there's something in quantum physics that could attempt an explanation, but I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. We've all seen it and have even experienced it to some degree or another. People high in intuition seem to have this larger-than-life capacity to read people in situations. Maybe they're more highly empathic and emotionally sensitive, which gives them an advantage in the ability to read the subtle and not-so-subtle physical and vocal cues people give all the time about their well-being and engagement. It's not an exact understanding of the world around him, but it fills in subtext, the innuendo, the implied, in ways that provides color to the black and white. Makes for one heck of a manipulator if they're so inclined, though, to be fair. Social intelligence is often marketed. Ten ways to make people love you, and so on. And it can be an acquired skill. But no number of flashcard drills will ever make you innately capable of casually working the room the way a person high in social intelligence does. They sparkle. But it's more than just a lovely personality or a great perfume. This capacity, this intelligence, is often reflected in a wide circle of relationships, carefully curated and tended. These are people who often become caregivers and are the heartbeat of communities because they create connection wherever they go. What would be a tedious exercise to the streetwise or bullet points on an academic's to-do list is as easy as breathing. It's just how they see the world. Simple. And it's how they relate to the people in it. The fifth type of intelligence I'm talking about is adaptive, and and as with all the others, while it manifests itself in every person to some degree, it is an awesome thing to watch in the very young. Babies are extraordinarily gifted with adaptive intelligence. They come out of the womb, this noodle-neck sack of need, and within days are gleaning information about the world around them and adjusting themselves and their capacity to communicate. By the time they're six months old, they have created a complex, given where they started, series of means to function within the world. And by the time they're four, they've mastered the rudiments of language, social integration, motor skills, and engagement with beings far more advanced than themselves. In fact, they're so good at it, we don't even consider they've adapted us to their needs far more quickly than we were ever able to adapt them to ours. Adaptive adults also manifest with extraordinary creativity and have, in my observation, what seems to me a magical way of molding themselves to fit into nearly any situation with grace. It's like they're filling in the gaps where all the awkward lives and smooth the sharp edges where personalities clash. As with the intuitive, I see this a lot in caregiver types. These are the people who refill empty cups and coax the wallflowers into the conversation before others see it. Maybe it's because they often find their own uniqueness unseen. There can be a tendency to struggle with what I call the chameleon effect in the adaptive. A skill that is integral to survival in babies can become a handicap in the adult world. People have become so good at adapting to surroundings can search for a fundamental sense of self, and much of their security comes from being able to blend in and become part of an existing group. So who are they alone? But why does any of this matter? 
Because whichever one of these cherry-picked intelligences I've magically pulled out of the collective hat resonates most deeply with you will influence how successful you feel in your culture, your life, and will often be seen as a means of measuring whether you are valuable in society. And that is where I was headed all along. See, I admit I love smart people. And for a long time, the idea of, quote, smart equated itself with an encyclopedic understanding of C.S. Lewis, pedantic shared guffaws, I had to use the word guffaw, at the Luddite who doesn't understand the basics of English grammar. I can't believe he doesn't know what a participle is. People that don't have a vocabulary comprised of three-syllable words and overall just a gross amplification of academic intelligence, which at this stage of my life is frankly really, really embarrassing to admit. I mean, seriously, give me a redneck in the zombie apocalypse any day. Am I right? The value of intelligence, the ability to understand spatial relationships, logical patterns in a standardized test, to the satisfaction of the guy with the bell and the kudos, has its place. The discipline necessary to train a mind to think of philosophies and mysteries within history and the sciences is, in my opinion, part of the fruit of an advanced and complex modern society. In context. In context. Nobody cares if you can code in the Amazonian jungles. And frankly, no one cares if you use big words when their heart is broken. Which of all the intelligence ranked throughout history has merit and necessity for the survival and growth of humanity? Literacy, big words, and a staunch defense of Socratic thought ranks pretty low compared to breakfast and a warm place to sleep. In 2022, we slave over keyboards crafting text. And words matter. They really do. Literacy matters. We have a responsibility to be wise and gracious with our words. Be humble as we expand our capacity to appreciate the brilliance around us. Sometimes... That intelligent manifests in little boys who refuse to learn the alphabet until the logical reason for those words in that order is explained to their satisfaction. Don't lose sight of value in the way our grandparents moved within simple community during wars and want without the complexity and pressure of blue check marks. Academic, adaptive, cunning, intuitive, social. I like the absolutes of the test takers and the note keepers. I am personally highly challenged by the malleable state of the adaptive and intuitive, and I lack the strategic capacity of the cunning and the social, and that's why I need them. Maybe they need me too, because we should all understand the impact of a well-placed adverb. So if we pigeonhole the smart into a tightly closed inbox of acceptable with a capital A and label everyone else ignorant, we lose the capacity to see humanity as a whole. We divided ourselves into degrees of mattering based on access to information and not the capacity to learn, to live, to adjust, to survive, to thrive. Mama, am I smart? He asked. His big brown eyes locked mine. Not challenging. Not fearful. Searching. He wasn't asking where he ranked in relation to his peers in a standardized test. He was asking if the way he saw the world and how he interacted with it mattered. If he had the capacity to succeed. 
Absolutely, sweetheart. You have a most beautiful brain. Thanks for the chat, and I look forward to seeing you again next time on Thinking Aloud.